The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on SEM Synergy. I'm your host, Bruce Clay. With me today are Susan and Virginia. Good afternoon. You can catch SEM Synergy every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's noon Pacific. You can also download it at any time from Webmaster Radio Search Engine Optimization Channel. You can stream it from SEMSynergy.com, or you can pick it up on iTunes. The um, topic today, I can almost pronounce twice in a row. (laughs) I keep wanting to do Wolfram Alpha instead of Alpha. Um... As tech-savvy marketers, you know, we've all known that Google basically has been the 800-pound gorilla. It's the dominant one out there, uh, and it never has been the only one. Um, in many cases, it had predecessors. The first search engine chart had a gaggle of search engines other than Google on it. Uh, but we're starting here a little bit about challengers to Google's market share, uh, and Wolfram Alpha is the newest kid on the block. Did I say it close? Alpha? <laughs> uh, you know, we're just going to change the name. WA is uh, <laughs> the new guy on the block. Uh, what do you think? Fact search engine, uh, is it going to work? Is it not going to work? Well, I think it's cool because they're not, they're, they've come out and said, this is not supposed to be a Google killer. We're no cool, you know, like, and we don't have any crazy presumptions that we're going to you know, do anything that we're not. What we're here to do is visualize data in a way that is really useful in our information-heavy society. And um, if you look at some of the publications who've shown us screenshots and videos and of the demo that we did, because I know a lot of us don't actually have access to it. It's a very private beta. But um, from that, you know, it's just really cool to see all the different ways. And it's not like there's just one chart or one graph. They're all, you know, relevant to the information that you're looking for. Um, and I don't know. I just think that, that data visualization is, is one of the up and coming, um, mediums in marketing because it helps us show clients things and it helps people make connections better. And yeah, well, it really is true that, that, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words or if not a, thousand words at least gets you over that last hurdle um so i'm not opposed to you know presenting information in a new way but i do wonder how useful it is in a you know long-term strategy and as danny pointed out in his article about it people don't use alternative search engines they don't use specific you know level search engines um 
in droves, they don't. I mean, even if it's a Google property, the amount of people who use image search versus the amount of people who type right into the general search box and expect the images to show up, I mean, it's it's huge. And that's why they were so adamant on Universal. Well, I think we're facing the fact that the web is able to present us with some degree of information overload. Um, certainly, if there's numbers involved, you can read a page of numbers and you don't remember which number goes with which statistic and you lose track of it. Uh, it's the same thing like, for instance, anything that's trending or stock pricing. or You see graphs all the time in certain industries because the data moves so quickly and changes so quickly that you want to be able to visualize a lot of this stuff. And I can understand that there would be a need for it, um, especially when you've got figures and you need to just, what's it really saying? Can I see a trend? Uh, it's too easy for somebody to look at statistics and not understand that it, you know, it goes up and down or, you know, the population overlaps or doesn't overlap or, you know, yeah, and I thought um, something that I think it was maybe the founder, Stephen Wolf from this mathematician said, is that they've been finding even inconsistencies in data that's been um, pretty much assumed is right by looking at an aggregate and you can see that this obviously can't fit. So, Well, I don't know. It. What do they say about statistics? <laughs> that they're made up 75% of the time. Yes, 75.3% of the 75. time. 75.3, I'm sorry. I always forget that point. <laughs> the, the, the rule is if you're ever going to be vague about something, be vague to at least one decimal place. <laughs> that way it, you, know, you get some inherent credibility for it. But, you know, statistics lie, right? That's sort of a common belief that, yeah, that's the statistic, but it's based on somebody other than me. It's not relevant to my life. It's not. But if you can see something and, and assimilate data quickly and understand it quickly, you can start seeing trends. Yeah. And you can start seeing patterns. And especially with analytics becoming more important for SEO, let's not forget that uh, we're going to care about demographics. We're going to care about age distribution and gender. We're going to care about geolocation. We're going to care about a lot of different things that are just going to cause us to get information overload unless we can quickly represent it. Yeah. I, I really like the idea of something like this um, because, like you said, that there is that tendency for people to be like, well, it doesn't match up to my experience. And for a lot of people, the plural of anecdotes is data. And, you know, and, and I think it's really eye-opening for people to see that that's not true and that their personal experience is not necessarily the mainstream experience, the normal experience, and that you have to consider, you know, different viewpoints on that. Um, but at the same time, I'm not sure how useful this is as a search engine, you know? It's not giving you searches, it's just giving you answers. But... The example Danny used in his write-up, as I understand it, is that Newport Beach, not only does it give you statistics like temperature, things like that, but it also gives you a temperature graph so you can see trends in temperature. Is the temperature going up? Is it going down? You know, things like is it seasonal? And A lot of those statistics, especially if you've ever been trying to plan a trip, those are the kinds of things that are really useful. 
if I watch, you know, the news, the weather in the morning, I want to know what the weather is going to be like. Is it going to trend up or trend down? Is it, you know, a front coming? Th- I mean, I'd like to know what to expect. Yeah, yeah, they have this similar thing with uh, with traffic on Google Maps. You know, it used to just be you could just see what the traffic was right then, but then they integrated the new thing where you can see the typical traffic at this day and time is this. And and I think that's a lot more useful, you know, like you said, when you're trying to plan a trip or when you're driving someplace new, you know, you can see, am I going to hit congestion here if I'm trying to drive through the middle of Los Angeles at five o'clock? Um, yes. Well, <laughs> let's, let's back up and look at it differently. Is Wolfram Alpha a competitor to Wiki within the Google environment? Is it necessarily contrary or supplemental to Google, in which case it may be that we see something evolve where the two of them just get together and it's just like Wikipedia results within Google. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan from the Daily Searchcast. You know, we love bringing you the news every day, and that's made possible by the sponsorship of BruceClay.com. They've just made Inc. Magazine's list of the fastest-growing private businesses. They've exhibited and sponsored at my conferences from the very beginning. Bruce has got that long-standing search engine relationship chart, had been out there with the code of ethics, been a search engine expert in the field for ages. But did you know that Bruce Clay can do more than help you with just SEO? They can do PPC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding. Everything you need for success in the online marketplace, you can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years, offices worldwide, they've got answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Are you an affiliate? If yes, you'll pay me. No if, ands, or maybes. Get paid daily. Make a mad dash. Sign up is a flash. Quickly convert the clicks into cash. Affiliate marketing network is first place. I cut to the chase. It's all performance based. Listen to what I'm telling you. Cause this is what you better do. Join as a publisher and maximize your revenue. Think we agreed that money is what you need. Indeed, you can get paid from sales and leads. Not one thing lacking. Don't get it cracking. Even comes with state of the art tracking. Where to the start? You can do it a couple ways. 866-XY7PAYS. It's toll free. Tell me what you waiting on. So log on to XY7.com. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Get clicked, covered, and ringed on. All week long on WebmasterRadio.fm. Your destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on WebmasterRadio.fm. Once again, here's Bruce Clay.
Welcome back to SEM Synergy. This is Virginia, and right now I'm joined by Barbara Baker of Colby Mark Consultants. Uh, Barbara's been an SEO um, for more than 12 years, or at least been working in online marketing um, based out in Ohio. Um, and I invited Barbara to come on the show uh, because of a little conversation we had about um, Wolfram Alpha, which is what we've been talking about today, as well as um, Google's place in the whole, you know, search engine market share and uh, challengers. So thanks for coming on the show, Barbara. You're welcome. My pleasure to be here. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I think you, you've got quite a, a, a long uh, time in the industry, so you've been able to gain some perspective um, over like this, the different engines that have held dominance over the years, and what kind of characteristics um, you know ha- have really made them strong. So, um, you know, one of the common things that we hear now that Google is the dominant force is, you know, is a Google monopoly a bad thing for users? We'll start with that. Well, yeah, one could say that it is, um, it, although one could, could say, you know, what, what is the definition of a monopoly here? Um, and while Google monopolizes search, and it does in terms of the general consumer, um, there are many other search engines out there, in many ways people are searching, and I think people are understanding that because... As you know, and most of the audience knows, Google is first and foremost, at least in my opinion, it's an ad network. Um, So that's really where its money comes from. And so honestly, while it is a monopoly, I also do believe that someone could come along and easily take on Google if they had a unique enough angle and, well, lots of cash. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I I think the problem that's happened in the past, like someone like Microsoft, um, they've tried, and they've basically been distracted because of the failures of their core business. I mean, I think one of the reasons why Microsoft failed was because their core business software um, was being challenged at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, while, and while Google, in many cases, first and foremost, search in most people's mind, again, it's, it's mostly an ad network. And honestly... They're, they're most concerned, I believe, with that side of their business. And thus, yeah, I think there has been some neglect of innovative search. Oh, my, is Matt Cutts going to hear this? But, yeah, I mean, I, I do believe to some extent in the last year uh, there, there are some holes there. And I think uh, the average consumer is pretty savvy and understands that, um, gee, I need to go somewhere else to find an answer that I have. And Google's not it anymore. So, That's interesting. Yeah, there's some holes. I think there are I, some holes. I, I, okay, I, that that makes me think of two things. First of all, like yeah. what would a challenger have to do to uh, impede on Google's market share? What what would the consumer be looking for if they were to decide it's time to find a better engine? Um. Well, I think. What's really happening, and I, th- I think you do see Google responding to some of this. Um, you know, like I look at Yahoo, okay, and I was so happy when Yahoo Answers came. Um, that's that, uh, that human contact. You know, you could go <laughs> online and you ask a question, but what happened was, it was there were so many creepy people <laughs> 
that were there. And it's not so much the case anymore that I think the average person just went, whoa, this is weird asking strangers to answer questions for me. And so while there's some value still at Yahoo Answers, Yahoo never really took on that whole human element of, of the online world. So, you know, for me, I'm going to just say this, someone like Facebook could do it. I mean, in the sense of a place where your friends are there, you've got 80 people you trust, you go in, you ask a question, and even though they may not know, but one of their friends would know, and so then the, you would get the answer through that. Honestly, that, I believe, is what is a challenge um, for, for Google. I, I'm not so sure it's another algorithm-based search, although Wolfram truly is interesting to me. I think it's really more along the lines of, you know, the human brain is much more, <laughs> much more exacting in understanding of a question than a search engine is. Okay, I totally see so, what you're saying. So yeah, would so, you think maybe like Twitter? Is that the, like Twitter search? You know, they've, they've said that they're going to be yeah. indexing or, you know, spidering links and that kind of thing. So is that the direction where you oh, see is yeah. a need? Well, I have to say, I've been fascinated with Twitter search, which originally was called Sumize, S-U-M-M-I-Z-E. Um, I've been fascinated with them from from the beginning. Um, although, uh, it, what's so interesting to me is what Sumize is, or Twitter search is, is it's very fast. And it's about what people are talking about online at that time. So it's really not, at this point, so much information. Right now it's about news, gossip, what's on television, sports, trending, you know, fast stuff, conversations. Um, and so it's really a fun place for a really geeky search person like me. I just go there right now and play around and have fun, and it's interesting. Um, you know, I love to go in and type certain keywords and people see what people are saying about that right now. But it will be interesting when more of that gets crawled and or what what's going to develop with that oh yeah i think i think if you combined facebook with twitter search oh my gosh yeah google google watch out <laughs> because that's that human thing i think that's the human element there and already for me i have to say i don't search as much for my own world of life outside of you know, I do some stuff at FriendFeed and Facebook and Twitter for me are really where I spend a lot of time. I do some stuff still at StumbleUpon. But Google, I have to say, I don't do as many searches there for what I'm specifically looking for. But see, I know I'm unusual. I'm, you know, obviously not the typical searcher. <laughs> but that's, right. that's, that's, I think, what can take on. And so, yeah, I think I come from that angle. I'm, I'm a social media convert. Absolutely. And I think Twitter is just, just fascinating for that instant search. All right. So, okay. So I, I understand your point about the human element. It's, it's definitely um, probably part of the future. But um, you mentioned how, you know, Microsoft lost its place by um, by having to focus on several different areas, you know, like software and search and, and that kind of thing. And Google, you know, we've been watching it try to expand its uh, its reach as well, you know, offering things like Google Me and, um, 
data visualization. I mean, and they, they all kind of relate to search, but, you know, there are definitely aspects of, of their business that seemed a little bit more outside the bounds of core search. So um, do you think that might be a weakness in the future for them? Well, it, it could distract them, but when it comes right down to it, I think because of what I just said earlier, uh, I believe the more Google humanizes itself, the more competitive it will remain. So, sure, uh, doing things like iGoogle or Google Public Data, while seemingly distracting, um, you know, could keep people interested in their Google self, you know. I mean, in the sense of, uh, on some levels the reason why Google isn't working for people anymore is because people are realizing that it's an algorithm. Smart consumers out there, you know, they all took algebra. I mean, let's all be honest here, people. <laughs> you know, search <laughs> search really is about algebra and algorithms. I mean, and, and while we can all think that's so wonderful and complicated, that's it, you know. And our human brains are much smarter than that. And I think consumers are realizing and understanding that themselves and are realizing that, well, Google has something here for me, but you know what? If I did this and this, I'd come up with a better answer. Because it's really, I mean, search is something, but really what people are looking for are answers. Um, they're looking for, I've got a question, I need an answer to something. That's really what search ultimately is. And while these other things may seem a distraction, you know, and yes, maybe they will. On another level, it can, it could be smart if Google does it correctly. I'm not saying they will, um, <laughs> but, but you know, it, it, they are watching, and I believe, you know, they really understand the market in terms of search, and they also understand that they're ultimately serving a consumer, you know, an end-all human being, and they want human beings to keep using Google properties. So I don't, you know, I don't behoove them or, you know, like I guess there was the controversy over, you know, the announcement of, of you know, Google public data and all the search boys, you know, are all having the big discussion over at search engine land about all that. I, I find some <laughs> of that to be, I mean, that's just silliness. I mean, of course Google's going to do that. And, you know, we all love Matt, but, you know, you know, they have to. They, they're a large corporation that has to be perceived as keeping up. You know, they have an incredible property to protect. But at the same time, um, I find the Wolfram search uh, uh, just incredibly interesting. I mean, I you know, I can't wait to get a hold of it and play with it. And, and um, I think there's some real interesting stuff to look at there. Um, but is it good PR on their end? Is it, you know, really going to be the Google, you know, you know, I'm tired of the Google killers, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, I, I welcome it. You know, I welcome someone that comes up with something better. Um, Absolutely. I think you know, we all do. And yeah. it will be very interesting to see what the future holds, you know. That's yeah. that's all we can really do. Yeah. yeah. But, but eventually, again, I'm of the opinion that the human brain is what, what will eventually, what eventually wins in all of this. And while, and that's why I love Twitter and that because Twitter is that human feed. I think for me, it's just, it's just cut a core with me that I have found so many people on there that I, that answer questions for me 
that before I would have gone to Google to find the answer, but instead I go to Twitter, or instead I go to Twitter search, and I, oh, okay, there it is right away. Um, and I know maybe I'm weird for that, but I don't think so. It's, it's, I believe it's that beginning of that human thing. Um, yeah, I think you're on to something, too. Yeah. But uh, we're all out of time. Oh, um, thank you. Thanks for coming on the show, Barbara. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. Uh, you can contact Barbara on Twitter, uh, the human feed. I love that. Barbara KB, or yeah. check out uh, your site, colbymarket.com. Right. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Virginia. It was wonderful. After the break, we'll be talking more about the search engine challengers. SEM Synergy will be right back. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. SEOSeek.com is your one-stop site for everything SEO. From search engine marketing to pay-per-click management, SEOSeek.com delivers high-quality SEO services at affordable prices. SEOSeek.com can help you with SEO analysis, monthly reports, title and meta tag optimization, email support, and so much more. Want to keep your SEO in-house? Let our professional trainers teach SEO to your staff. Get a free quote and a free competitive analysis today at SEOSeek.com. RevenueWire.com and its member merchant, LavaSoft, makers of the world-renowned Adaware, present the LavaSoft Affiliate Contest. The LavaSoft Affiliate Contest goes from May 15th through August 15th. Make great commission and win up to $64,000 in cash prizes. Look for all the details on the LavaSoft Affiliate Contest by logging on to RevenueWire.com and look for the LavaSoft logo on the homepage. Win big with LavaSoft and RevenueWire.com. Do you consider yourself a super affiliate? Then listen up. One of the most trusted names in affiliate marketing since 2003, XY7.com, has now launched XY7Elite.com, a private invitation-only affiliate program run by super affiliates for super affiliates. Enjoy private tested offers, weekly deposits right to your bank account or XY7 debit card, XY7 VIP concierge service, limousine transportation to and from major industry events, and the status of being one of the elite publishers. XY7 Elite is not for everyone as you need to be accepted and maintain volume requirements. Think you've got what it takes to be elite? Go to www.xy7elite.com or call 702-216-4000. 702-216-4000. Learning how to monetize your domains. Zero dollars. Listening to affiliate marketing tips on your iPod. Zero dollars. Getting the latest search news on your cell phone. Zero dollars. Listening to Dave N. talk about garlic breath. Well, worthless. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on WebmasterRadio.fm. Once again, here's Bruce Clay. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. I'm Susan here with Marianne and Virginia. Earlier on the show, we took a look at Wolfram Alpha, which is being called a fact or answer search engine. Google, as the major player, is obviously always thinking of ways to fend off challenges to its market dominance. Um, and so while Wolfram Alpha isn't positioning itself as a Google killer and nobody thinks it's that, it's always interesting to look at how Google does respond to newcomers and people with new approaches. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's going to make a big splash when more people get general access to it. But even now, we've got things like Twitter 
you know, taking up a lot of our time and it's a, it's a really easy go-to place for a lot of people to find information. Um, and I wonder how concerned Google is about something like that. Yeah, because they definitely want your eyeballs as much as they can. You know, I, I think every we keep hearing about there's going to be a new Google Color every year. There's nothing new, new things coming up, and, and search is changing. I, I, I kind of I wonder, although you know people keep talking about Twitter being the new thing that everyone can go there for answers. You kind of wonder it's just a bunch of people talking about things. There's no reliability in terms of experts. You know, there's a lot of um, misinformation and things like that. Even though it's really great for real time events, I think Google really can't compete with what someone can say, hey, they saw a plane landing in the Hudson River. You can't compete with that because Google's not going to have that kind of real-time information. And obviously there's going to be some great things coming up like you know, Twitter or things that are more fact-based where people don't want to go through all of the listings in, in Google for maybe old information or things like that. They just want the facts. But still, I think the reliability of information on Twitter and having to go through a bunch of random 140-word character searches, uh, you know, things like that, it, 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 it doesn't compete because I think people are, are really ingrained into search results and wanting to go find answers and doing research online with Google. But that doesn't stop Google from what appears to be kind of like extending its reach into a bunch of other fields that aren't core search. So, yeah, well, and and one of the things that we pointed out um, in the first segment is that, you know, Google itself kind of competes with itself in a lot of ways. Um, You know, image search isn't that popular. People don't go to Google image search and do a search. They go to regular Google search and they search for, you know, rose pictures or something like that and they just do it right there and that's why universal was so important to them was bringing those um results in and it's it seems to me that that part of what they're trying to do is tie in as many different kinds of services as they can to what people go to which is just that main search Mm -hmm. page yeah, I think that that's the, really the tie, tying it all in together because people don't want to go to a separate thing to look for something. People want to have one place that they can go for information. But there's a lot of different things that people are looking for, and I think Google's trying to figure out ways to satisfy everybody's search. What are you looking for? Are you looking? And 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 for some of these things, you know, if it's looking for like it, you know facts and answers and things like that. A lot of people just go into Wikipedia for that kind of information. How do you get them to just go to Google, type that search in and get that answer? And and but I, I think you've got some issues with how you know how are they going to make sure that uh, if if people are satisfied with the answers they're getting. I mean if you go to like Yahoo Answers or something like that and you get a bunch of junk, you're not gonna be satisfied, you're not gonna go back there, you know? Right, right. Well and and I don't, how quickly can Google actually react to these things? You know, people point out stuff like the Wolfram Alpha demo was immediately followed by the Google public data mm-hmm. release. And Cool launched with their huge index, and then Google was like, oh, by the way, we have one trillion URLs. And, you know, Wikia added features, and then Google started testing Search Wikia, Search Wiki. And, you know, all of these things seem like. Google responses, but how quickly can you possibly build something like that, right? This wasn't, you know, a couple of months later after it had been through development and debugging and whatever. This was like a couple of days. Mm -hmm. So 
I don't know that they're really responding. It just is, I mean, smart people think along the same lines. Right. Well, yeah, I think they're following. They're trying, I think they're trying to get the, also get the infrastructure set up that they can do things. For example, like with like the, the Google profiles and things like that. Do they want to enter social networking, things like that? Or do they just want to make sure, hey, you can put this here and you can use this? And, well, we don't know what we're going to do with it, but we'll see. We have it here. Right. Well, and I I think, again, one thing that you have to remember is that Google is very much all about their users. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I mean, I know that it's a business decision. And obviously, they're thinking about how can we get more market share and how can we get more eyeballs. But the way you do that is by catering to your users, not your search engine marketing. (laughs) Not your search engine marketers. Sorry, we're not who Google cares about um, the, the actual users. And they're thinking, well, okay, people really like this social networking thing. People like our site. Therefore we should have this because people like it. And I, I, th- I think that that's something, you know, that, that people should really keep in mind. It's not, it doesn't have to be malicious every single time. <laughs> yeah. Going back to the um, timing situation where you said, you know, it's not like they can just throw out like a huge program like Google public data just like the day after Wolfram Alpha releases simply because they thought, hey, we need to do, be doing that too. But I saw a tweet from Danny Sullivan um, shortly after this kind of conversation erupted about, you know, Google's always working on stuff like that and they're ready to pull it out of the bag at the at a moment's notice. And so you have to think um, they're, they're being innovative behind closed doors so much. And, and like you said, smart people are thinking of the same things. Like they're trying to think ahead of the game at all points. So. Right. Which of course is not to say that they aren't pulling this stuff out to counter this stuff. It's just that they were already working on it. Right. They didn't have to jump on it and suddenly change directions. They're already working in all of these different directions. Okay. Somebody comes up with something new and cool. Google, you know, says, Okay, we weren't going to release it just yet, but why not? Mm-hmm. We'll call it, we'll call it beta, and people will accept that there are bugs in it because we're Google. <laughs> right? Yeah. But do you think that it's wise for Google to be spreading itself like this? Like, are they leaving their core search? You know, is that smart? I, I don't know. That's that's something I question because, like you said, image search isn't used a ton, and neither is what's popular. You know, things like that. Yeah. Well, a lot of their innovations still center around core search. It's not as though they're ignoring it entirely. Um, You know, even a lot of these things like public data and profiles and stuff like that, it's more information to add into their index, which returns better results, particularly in the when you start talking about uh, behavioral and personalized mm-hmm. and local and all of that. The more they know about you, the better they can make a particular user's results. Um, it's just kind of scary that they know all of that. Yeah. That, and I think that kind of why some people get a little bit concerned when when they start talking about what's Google doing with this? What are they going to do with this information? And I think that, that there has to maintain that trust between the users of Google and, and when they're able to give them this information and that they know that Google isn't going to do anything with it, and but and it's just going to help them get better results because I think everybody's always trying to find information faster. We're getting inundated with information now. We have to check Facebook and Twitter and all of these other things. And and if Google can make our lives easier by combining it so that we can find out, you know, all of this in one lo- central location, I think that that's going to help them be, uh, you know, really maintain their market share and grow. Uh, continue growing. So 
I don't say it necessarily is a bad thing, but some people I'm sure do. <laughs> All right, cool. So that's it for this week's show. Thanks to Webmaster Radio for producing SEM Synergy. If you have any internet marketing questions or topics or suggestions, go ahead and send them to semsynergy at bruceclay.com. Come back next week for more industry insight and experts and visit semsynergy.com for info on this week's guest and topics. Thanks for joining us on SEM Synergy. Bye.